Hello folks, welcome back. I'm your host Simon Ward and this is the High Performance Human Triathlon Podcast where I can promise that you'll always hear a Yorkshire accent and we will never have any adverts. We chat with our guests about peak performance, fitness, health, nutrition, recovery, longevity, relationships and happiness because it doesn't matter whether you want to finish your first sprint triathlon, set a personal best at your next race or just keep turning up until you're in your 70s. Each of these elements has huge significance. One way to keep turning up is to do a regular movement practice. I've talked a lot about this in the podcast, but I know many of you still have difficulty getting it integrated into your daily routine. To try and make it easier for you, I've put together a series of stretching movements in a single PDF document, along with video links, which you can download for free. If you'd like to get hold of a copy, please look for the very obvious link in the show notes below. For the last few years, Yorkshire has been the centre of the triathlon universe, at least as far as short course triathlons concerned. As well as the Leeds Performance Centre, there has been a continuous stream of talented young athletes coming through the ranks following the Brownlee brothers. Today's guest, Demonic Coy, is one of those having started out as a junior member of my own club, Leeds Bradford Tri, and progressing up to the Yorkshire Academy. After leaving school, he went to university in Cardiff and is part of the triathlon squad training there with coach Luke Watson. Just a few short weeks ago, Dominic represented Wales at the Commonwealth Games in both the individual race and the team relay, where he won a silver medal with his three teammates, including non-Stanford. Dom's clearly got a bright future, so it's a great pleasure to chat with him today. Well, welcome to the show, Dominic Coy. Thanks for having me. Yes, it's really good to chat. Yeah, thank you for being on the show. Now, um, listeners, you may not know of Dominic yet, although if you're an avid triathlon viewer and you were watching the Commonwealth Games, Dominic uh, raced twice. He raced as an individual for Wales in the uh, men's senior event, and he came 18th, which is fantastic for his first big international event. I, I think it was your first big international, wasn't it, Dominic? Yeah, yeah, it was my first proper, like, first senior international anyway, yeah. First, first, it wasn't, but it was a sprint distance, wasn't sprint. it? One, one, um, was it sprint? Yeah, sprint distance. Um, yeah. So okay. I've done, I've done a couple of European Cups and I've done uh, junior, junior world champs, but it's my first, like, big senior championship race. Okay, and then, and then you got to race, of course, you got to race in the, um, in the mixed relays, which is great fun to watch and no doubt great fun and a great experience and, you got a bronze medal. Silver medal. Silver. Oh, my homework's <laughs> terrible today. Terrible. I, yeah. I, my, my apologies. You've elevated yourself up the podium then to second. <laughs> so, and what was great about that, we'll come on to talk about that at the end, is that you you got to race with Non, and that's Non's, Non's retiring at the end of this season. And um, she's not had a she's not had a great time of it in recent years, but they were um being part of the team where Non got a senior medal, and then she's she's obviously gone on to uh, win the Europeans since then as well. So ni- nice to be part of that one. Yeah. No, it's a really cool, really great environment, great team, a great experience. But yeah, we'll get on to it later, I guess. Well, talking of environments, um, you're part of a triathlon household, aren't you? Because you, you, uh, your dad particularly has been a, a coach at the club in Leeds here. So talk about getting started in triathlon. When when did you did, did you go to training with your dad? Did he take you down to LBT or um, did you did you get in a race first and uh, thought, oh, actually, I quite like this? Yeah, uh, pretty much. My dad got in, definitely got me and the whole family into it. So he's he uh, used to be quite unfit. And then I got a younger brother and a sister. And then when my sister was born in 2006, so when I was about five, then he started doing triathlon and running, got fit. Uh, and then when I got to eight, I, um, he said, why don't you ever go at this? I did an aquathlon. Um, I think it's at Leeds Grammar. I think I was third. I just enjoyed it, got the bug, and then kind of carried on. He then took me across. So yeah, then he took me down to LBT. I joined the junior club there and uh yeah just been carrying on since really wow yeah the um those are the heydays of leeds Bradford. and of course leeds is a, yeah. a, bit of a hub isn't it really i mean you you were uh in, in when you did your first aquathlon then um where were the brownleys at in their career was was this pre before um london 2012 or around the same time yeah it's about 2010 so i was born in 2002 i'm 20 now um so it's yeah when i was eight so it's 2010 so it was like ali had come onto the scene i think he's like when he won his first world champs 2009 or something around there um well, i might 
yes, I think he did. It was just he, he had that um, great performance in Beijing, didn't he? And then the next year, yeah. he was pretty pretty dominant throughout in the WTS. So it was around the time where they, they were just about coming through. So it was kind of the perfect time to go into the sport, I think. I got kind of got to see it grow from what it was back then to the huge explosion after London 2012 and, and the success of the Brownies and kind of what that brought and made the sport grow so much, which is really cool to see. Yeah. Let's, before we talk about, you know, the benefits of being a triathlete in Leeds then at that time, go back to when you first started. So were you, um, were you a swimmer and runner when you went to school? Or were you playing football uh, and getting just getting involved in everything? I did a bit of everything, but to be honest, I'm not very good at, at ball sports. So my coordination is not good. I can't I can't play football. I don't understand how people can run and also kick a ball at the same time. <laughs> um, but I learned to swim and ride a bike when I was pretty young. And then I started doing uh, cross countries when I was back in primary school, so four or five. To begin with, I wasn't very good, but you know, I just enjoyed the enjoyed the competition. Is I like just pushing myself. Um, and then as it got longer, as the races got longer from, uh, I started doing a bit better because I buy a bit more, better endurance. Um, I think kind of when I started in triathlon, it was a similar time to when I started getting a bit better across country as well. Um, at the same time, I was still swimming, joined a swim club at a similar time to I started doing triathlon and joined the tri club as well. What what sw- local club. What, what swimming club were you part of? Uh, so I was part of uh, Ilkley Swim Club, so I grew up in, in Ilkley, just like uh, North off of Leeds um, and I also swam for City Bradford for a while did a mix of dif- dif- different stuff um, done some sessions with Leeds Bradford Tri Club as well in swimming bit of a mix just kind of whatever's around the most of the all the clubs nearby really yeah so um, were you doing much cycling at that time at all Any, any of any note or was it just sort of messing about with your mates on, on bikes um, nothing too serious like yeah, just going out for rides with the family and stuff. When you when you were getting better at the sport then, and you'd done your first races, we, did you ever get invited to join the talent programme that they had in Yorkshire? Uh, yeah, so as I think I represented Yorkshire the first time in 2014 uh, in the IRCs. When I was, so that was uh, about 12, 13 years old. Uh, and then I did that, did that again in 2014, uh, 14, 15, 16. Uh, and then from 2017, I was then in the Yorkshire Academy. So yeah, we had to go and do trials, do do the swim swim and run time trial, and you got the like standard then to go into the get into the academy. Um, yeah, so that was I was part of that system. Definitely, it's definitely a product of the that kind of talent ID, the whole system of British triathlon that we've got going. It seems to work really well. It's it's quite interesting. Um, I've talked with quite a lot of um older athletes you know people who were racing probably before you were even born like i, I chatted with jody swallow recently jody was a swimmer and a, a cross-country runner i think non was um and georgia were both runners and swimmers uh, there weren't many jess learmont of course was a really good swimmer and, and did some running and her dad was uh her dad was doing triathlon when i first started um so not many of the triathletes had had cycling as a background. They were just able to pick it up and get good at it. Um, and it seems like you were the same. So when when you went to try to get into the academy program and you got onto the national thing um, and you did those time trials, what, what sort of times were you hitting for um, for the swim? Was it probably a 400 time trial you did? Or did you were you doing, doing the 200, 200 to start yeah, with? Yeah, to begin with, it was like... Yeah, I think it's 200 to start with. And then as you get a bit older, it goes to 400. And then it's 1,500 metres and then goes up to 3K. So I think when I was at the start, I was doing about two. I wasn't, I'd never been the greatest swimmer. I think the swim's probably my weakest of the three. Uh, the swim was probably about 240, whereas when I was like right at the beginning of that, and the 1,500 in about 440 or something, 445. And then by, by the end of that, kind of time in the academy so just like two or three years ago now then I was in the 400 I got down to about uh 430 ish and the for the 3k run about just under nine minutes like eight mm. eight fifty eight fifty five so it's still still the same sort of targets isn't it? it's around 420 430 for 400 and and um sub nine minutes for or around nine minutes but not you know sec- seconds and try to get under it if you can so it's that three minutes per kilometer target time yeah, pretty much. It's actually, uh, I think, by the, by the end as well, they actually introduced the bike time trial as well, just right. to like start yeah. looking at that a little bit. I think in more recent years, they've kind of, they're still definitely swim run focused, but they've, they've started looking a bit more at the bike as well, uh, which is quite interesting. I think 
in like WTS racing, now you can see across the whole board, like you can't have a weakness. Yeah. Um, and I think like in countries like France, they still very much heavily use the swim and run system, whereas Britain have gone to a bit more, a bit more rounded system now. I feel like there's enough people who know about triathlon and are coming into triathlon. They can like start being a bit more specific and look for cyclists as well as swimmers and runners. And like people almost like are looking for a complete package before they've even started, which is yeah. interesting. But um, yeah. Been- yeah, but it, but it seems to it seems to have worked well, doesn't it? Because um, swimming's a technical sport, and you need to develop those skills when you're young. And and running is is just about building an engine and having the the basic biomechanics, you know, a fast cadence and being sort of you know good arm cadence and everything, holding yourself well. And if you can build up the engine and the mechanics from those two, you can usually um, do what's necessary to be a to become a decent biker. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's a lot of, uh, yeah, as you say, there's there's a there's a huge there's a huge depth and strength across like male and female all distances really in British triathlon. So, like what they've been doing over the past 10, 15 years really since I started, like it's you can see it's working. Um, so it's yes, yeah, it's, it's good. So here you are, you're a young man, you're doing triathlon, and Alistair and Johnny uh, are in the same club as you, or they were. And they're not far away. You probably see them out on training runs and training rides. What what's it like to grow up in that sort of environment, looking up to people who are, you know, world champions and not not just that they're dominating the sport in that area where you were growing up. Were they your were they your triathlon heroes, or did you? And don't feel shy about saying it if you had somebody else that you were um, admiring at the time. Uh, no, I, de- I definitely did admire them. I think. They yeah, like the way that they went into races and just dominated them. Like that's something that was stupid, ridiculously impressive. And I don't think there's ever going to be another athlete like Ali Rowley again. You can go in, especially nowadays. You can turn up as of that age and like dominate a race so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely, like that was a it's big inspiration and the fact that they're local as well. I think uh, I always found the Brownleys were a bit. A little bit inconsistent sometimes so like i also definitely very much looked up to like the people they're racing against who often a bit more consistent for example like uh, javi gomez who like five-time world champion i was like just in awe the fact that someone could be at that level and also at that level all the time instead of getting broken and injured like ali ali did even though he's a bit more up and down mm-hmm. um but definitely like just following that whole that whole battle that area of triathlon really between all those greats like um yeah definitely really like inspiring and just one of the things that made me fall in love with the sport, really. Mm. And you, what you, um, I think it was last year, wasn't it? You broke, was or the last time we raced the Oakley Triathlon, you broke the record, didn't you? Um, which yeah. I'm not actually, I'm not sure if it was Jonathan's record, was it? Was it Phil Graves who held the, I think, uh, the yeah, record? Phil Graves had it yeah. before, yeah. Yeah. But certainly your name would have gone on the list alongside the Brownleys there, I think. Yeah. I think my brother's is as well. I think he's uh, up to this third or fourth fastest time all time as well so it's, what, what's, uh, it's sorry cool. just just for the listeners let, let everybody know what your brother's name is uh nathan is he nathan still racing Clark. triathlon yeah he is so he's um he's 18 months younger than me he's uh just actually got his a-level results today and he's off to uni in september but he's uh yeah he's doing well at like british level and uh yeah enjoying it that's the main thing wow so we could have the coys following in the footsteps of the brownleys then in a couple of years yeah, you never know. I mean, I think we've got we've got a lot of comparisons to the Brownies over the years, like two two lads from Yorkshire, two brothers. Um, I think it's I don't, I don't think you can quite replicate what they've done, but uh, yeah, you never know. Do, do, do you ever get uh, have any com- conversations or anything communications with either of the Brownies then? Uh, not loads. Uh, aware of each other, I think like. I look up to them a lot and I think they know who I am now. I've had enough decent performances to be like, oh, I know that guy. Yeah, um, yeah. I think after commies and Ali was watching the relay and he made a comment to one of my mates, oh, it's uh, Ilkley's finest <laughs> at the well, end of the relay. Um, yeah, it's, it's it, interesting. It I am, but, yeah. it, it's interesting that you get these pockets of excellence within certain sports and um, certainly the Yorkshire area seems to have um, given birth to quite a lot of decent triathletes in the last few years. Yeah, certainly. Um, okay, so you were training in Leeds. Uh, what, what what was your senior school? Uh, I went to uh, Ilkley Grammar School. Okay, did Just you to, get yeah. 
did you get lots of support within the school then? Because I know Jonathan and Alistair talk about how um, their success wouldn't have been possible without the support of teachers within the school. Did you have the same at Ilkley? Uh, to some extent. I think, like, a lot of the training had just fitted around school. I can see here, so about them, like, be able to go out for runs at uh, break times and lunch times and stuff. I don't think, I didn't have quite the same, but the system they had in terms of, like, they're really supportive in terms of the competitions within school and stuff and, like, missing school travel to races or go on training camps and things like that. Uh, so yeah, definitely they were good at, at helping me out. Um, yeah, it was a, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed the school and, uh, it's a good place to like grow up really. Um, yeah, I feel really proud and privileged to be, to grow up from in Yorkshire really. And, and, uh, and Ilkley. Mm. Do you, you don't live far from Ilkley, do you? No, yeah, I live in, live in Ilkley. So it's, oh, uh, you live in Ilkley. Yeah. Okay. So, well, were you able to run to school then or cycle to school? Uh, yeah, we usually just walked. And then sometimes we like run, you walk back like 20 minutes and then get straight on the bike. Uh, so active all the time, just like get, yeah, getting out a lot. But, um, yeah, it's like, yeah, very local. So it's really easy for us. Mm. Okay. So uh, finished school in Leeds. And then uh, what, what was it that made you move down to Wales then when you, um, had to decide where you were going to go to university um a mix of things like i just gone uh, basically i had to make the decision about what uni i was going to during the covid pandemic like the main bulk of that in 2020 um and i kind of just wanted to get away from home at that point i think i wanted a bit of a change like i love it in leeds but um i think i decided i wanted to to move away and have a bit more independence like try and go somewhere else and uh yeah make it like yeah, make it somewhere else, I guess. Uh, just go a bit explore. Um, yeah, so I think I, I liked in, in Cardiff, they got a really good squad. It was like quite a bit smaller than like Leeds or Loughborough, which are the two standard places that people go to for mm-hmm. university, like for triathlon. Um, but there's a lot of good athletes there still. Um, and I knew that like, I like the city. Um, the course there was good for me. Uh, just like overall, it just like takes all the boxes. So I just thought, why not? Um, just go for it and, and see what happens. I think it's I think it's worked out pretty well. well they they've got a fifty meter pool in Cardiff, have they? Or is that over at Swansea? Uh, yeah, there is a there is one in Cardiff uh, down at the the bay, uh, Cardiff International Pool. So we yeah. swim there, and we also swim at the Cardiff Met uh, Uni Pool. That's that's probably better for you these days. The fifty meter pool in Leeds hasn't worked for a long time, so uh, uh, yeah. none of none of us are very happy about that one. Um. Okay, and, we, and which so you represented Wales at the Commonwealth Games. So, which uh, part of your um, family tree uh, hails from Wales? Then, uh, yeah, my mum and my uh, whole mum's side of the family is Welsh. So, uh, and my grandparents are Welsh speaking and stuff as well. So, uh, yeah, it's I'm definitely like Yorkshire born. If I could represent Yorkshire in the Commonwealth Games, I probably would. But uh, <laughs> I'm very proud to be uh, to be able to represent Wales as well. Um, yeah. and feel feel more, more Welsh than you English to be fair so it's uh, yeah it's really cool so that probably helped your decision to go to Cardiff as well then didn't it having some sort of Welsh yeah. heritage yeah definitely um, I guess the idea was it wasn't when I moved down I wasn't like expecting to be able to like get into the Commonwealth Games especially this soon um, but I knew that like because I had that Welsh eligibility then there was potential for like great, a bit of great support from Welsh triathlon when I was down there like I could access to it more easily so yeah, that's been good too. Okay, so who are your coaches um, down in Cardiff then? I'm to the head coach of the centre and my personal coach is uh, Luke Watson. Um, so he used to be an athlete himself, I think, as well. He used to do mm-hmm. some, he was pretty decent himself. He did some guiding for a while. And then he's uh, now, yeah, now coaching down in uh, in Cardiff. I think he coached in Loughborough and was like the East Midlands Academy coach before that too. Yeah, I know, um, I know Luke. Yeah, he came on a high-performing coach programme that we ran a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, good. Nice to see Luke um, making his way in the coaching world as well. Yeah, he's uh, he studied uh, chemical engineering in Loughborough, and I'm doing civil engineering now. So, like, we okay. kind of think quite similarly. He's very uh, like analytical and quite data driven, but I think he works really well, and we work well together too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's good. Okay, so you've got. So, do, do you run with any? Uh, do you tend to run and cycle with the triathlon squads or the university squads, or, or have you gone outside that to local squads in Cardiff? Uh, most of the time, it's all just with our with our squad. So we've got a pretty decent squad now. There's a performance squad of like sixteen, and then there's a with like um, 
well, five five boys and six in total from our squad all went to Commonwealths. Um, there's me and Yeston Harriet who are both in the Welsh team, and then uh, Ollie Turner for Jersey, uh, Josh Lewis for Guernsey, and and Matt Wright for Barbados. So like, there's a a lot of decent athletes there, and there's other guys as well who are all really good too. Um, so it's like a pretty strong squad, especially on the bike. I think uh, we all work together well. Uh, it's a really nice environment to be in. Uh, have a have a laugh, but also like put heads down and work hard when we need to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just kind of I, I arrived there and I fitted in pretty well straight away, and it's just been it's been really nice, a good environment to be in. Do you do you live in halls then, or do you have your own house with some of the other triathletes? So to begin with, to begin with, I was in halls, which is a bit weird. Like, so I arrived basically while the pandemic was still going on. So for oh, the first wow. term of uni, it, it was uh, it was a bit it was a bit interesting. Like we could only swim a certain amount of times. Like it was quite restricted in terms of what we couldn't couldn't do. Um, but by the end of the first year, like it kind of almost back to normal. Got to like integrate with the squad a bit more fully, and it's been been really good since then. But definitely like feels a bit more like home now after being there for two years. I've got two homes at the moment, the Cardiff and then back in Yorkshire. So it's nice. So have you moved out of halls now to live in a house? Yeah, so I'm in a house with other triathletes, which is sometimes a bit full on, uh, to be honest. Um, it's hard to get a break from a triathlon, um, yeah. but it's really good. Like, um, especially just helps you get out the door. Like when there's other people from the same house go in and helps you get like get lifts to places and things like that. It's uh, yeah, it's, just, it's really fun. So most young men of your age, Dominic, they're not they're not particularly good at looking after themselves. They're not particularly tidy. They're not particularly good with the washing. They're not particularly good with cooking or keeping everything clean. Um, but of course, all of those things are really important if you want to lead. Uh, um, if you want your training to be a benefit, you need to get yourself to bed early. You need to eat good food. You need to have the kit ready and, you know, uh, waiting for when you go out training. So what what are you like doing all of those things? I think I'm not too bad. I think I'm quite good. Like my just uh, cleaning and sleeping and all that stuff. Um, I think I manage it okay. Hopefully, it seems to be going right at the moment. Anyway. Yeah. As, as your mum giving you tips on home cooking, then? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Definitely, like using some of her recipes and stuff, and uh, taking inspiration, but doing a bit of my own stuff as well. I, I don't think I'm. I'm not. I'm not an amazing cook, but just about good enough to uh, to manage to fuel myself. <laughs> you, haven't, you haven't poisoned yourself yet either, though. No, I've been all right, I think. Does, what about the rest of them? I mean, do you end up doing the cooking for everybody or does everybody sort of do, sort of do their own stuff? Uh, most of the time people, we, yeah, most of the time we kind of do it individually. Every now and again, we like group together. But um, yeah, most of the time we do it by ourselves. Just a couple of arguments on people tidying up or, or people not tidying up, like having a really messy kitchens and things like that. Uh, it's, all, uh, it's all little things, but it's... Uh, yeah, it's not too bad. And, and what about things like getting the washing done? Because when you're training two or three times a day, there's a lot of kit to look after, especially in the winter. Yeah, there is quite a lot. Um, we tend to manage okay. Obviously, it's not just taking turns and using the washing machine. <laughs> first come, first serve, really. Uh, just, uh, you get used to it. Um, it's all right. Well, uh, hopefully your mum and dad are listening to this. So, Gay, it is Gainer, isn't it, your mum's name? Yeah. Gainer and Steve, you've uh, you've brought the boy up well. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about your training then. Are you um are you a big volume guy? Um, um or do you prefer a bit more quality in your training and a bit less volume? I think a, a kind of a mix. So my like all my training is kind of in the end it has I have to fit everything around just kind of like my priority. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh yeah, so most of the time then it's kind of just I do about 20 to 25 hours a week, I think. Um, a bit less when I've got like lots of uni work on and a, a bit more when I when I can do. Uh, it's like five swims, mostly like aerobic. We have like two two sessions a week normally, like thresholds with like open water in the summer and stuff. Uh, bike like 10, 11 hours with two like long rides. Well, normally one big session, but we do like an, up to an hour of, up to an hour, 75 minutes of, of work and then run about 60k or 40 miles a week and again with one big run session so it's like i think compared to some of the like in general everyone in the squad does quite similar um i think compared to some of the other squads we maybe do we maybe train a bit slower if that makes sense a bit less faster stuff um but i think it's good in terms of it's very sustainable like you we tend to not drop off towards the end of seasons and stuff like you just can maintain maintain fitness throughout the year because of that um 
and just kind of helps you not get injured and stuff like helps you um yeah maintain that level of training um, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean it's it's part and parcel of of being an endurance athlete or being an athlete is, is injury and, and what have you but you know you'd obviously want to minimize that as much as possible so it seems it seems about right uh, you know as you're developing because i guess you, you're still developing physically aren't you still getting used to absorbing that amount of training and uh you know so i suppose staying healthy is uh, a good thing in the main yeah yeah definitely i think like i've been quite lucky in terms of not getting injured too much but i think it partly is down to like smart training as well just like obviously you want to train hard and it's fine to do that sometimes like on camps and stuff we do a lot of hard training and big big weeks of volume but like just making sure you're sensible and uh in the end like i'm only 20 still uh and i'm not going to be at my peak for another at least three or four years so it's kind of like keeping that in mind and just um mm-hmm. making sure you don't overdo it now and it's better to stay healthy and consistent than it is to break yourself before you've got to that level well, and, and at your age, I've known a few athletes who, you know, they get injured, maybe they miss they miss a month or a season and then you fall behind. And of course, you, you probably, in the in that grand scheme of things of developing over the next three or four years, you probably will catch up. But it's very difficult mentally to cope with feeling like everybody's got a season's worth more training under the belt. And so you naturally want to catch up. And so you push a bit harder. And then, of course, that makes it more likely you're going to get injured again. So it's a bit of a vicious cycle, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think we manage it well. Like my when I went to uni, when I went when I joined the squad, my training volume definitely like increased a lot still. So especially because I was coming off the back of the pandemic, where I was like basically not swimming, especially swim volume. Like we slowly built up from basically zero during COVID up mm. to like what it is now, twenty five k a week basically. Um, and we've done a lot of work on like swim technique and stuff as well, uh, making sure kind of like improving that side because somewhere that I need to kind of still means to doing a lot of work on as well um mm-hmm. it's uh yeah i think like we're kind of the squad in a way is kind of at the moment the you got like the norwegians are like doing they're like the top guys in athlon and i think um luke and all the coaches in the squad in general like definitely like looks at them and goes all right what are these guys doing these are the fastest these are the best athletes in the world right now how can we like replicate that in our center in our environment and make the most out of it um so it's definitely like a bit inspired by that kind of setup um maybe slightly less extreme it'd be interesting with the norwegians won't it to see whether that is a methodology that is just just coincidentally happens to suit those three or four guys who were there at the moment and they're outliers or whether that's something that can be um sustainable through several generate well not generations but several years worth of triathletes coming through because if if it is then that means it's a system that's worth pursuing but if it's just this training work for those guys but it doesn't work for many of the others then um it'll it'll you know it'll just be a trend that falls by the wayside won't it yeah exactly well i think it seems to work in the moment so we'll stick with it while it does and then if you if something else comes along you think oh this is better or things like that then then you adapt and, and you move on and i think as long as you're kind of like aware of what's going on and aware of what the neg- what the uh downsides are what what the disadvantages of that kind of program are then then that's fine like i, I think what's, what, what's interesting in all sports um you know when the way malcolm and jack put the program together for alistair and johnny was different to what everybody else was doing at the time, but it also worked with those two athletes. It didn't work with some of the other people that tried to do that in the system. Um, I, I remember when I was in, uh, I was working at um, Huddersfield Giants Rugby League team, and Bradford Bulls were the, you know, the team that were winning Super League and everything. Then, and the coach said, "You need to get up to uh, Bradford lad and see what Bradford Bulls are doing." And I said, "Yeah, but if we only do what they do, we'll only ever be as good as them. We need to try and." We need to try and find what works for our team so we can be better yeah. than them. So that, yeah. that's the other thing, isn't it? Is if you're copying other people's methods, you're only going to be as good as them. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, it's a, you'll have a slightly different team makeup and a slightly different work ethic and a different coach. Um, you've got to find yeah. the you've got to find the Cardiff the Cardiff formula. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if I be, if I become as good as Christian Blumenfeld, then I'm not going to be complaining. Um, <laughs> but, no, you know, I'm sure you know, nobody will be. Uh, yeah. Um, Okay, so uh, down in Wales, uh, you mentioned a moment ago that you didn't think you would get selected for the Commonwealth Games. Um, 
what was it that led to your selection this year then? Because I guess there was more than just you and Yestin that were in contention for a place. Yeah, there was a couple of couple of us. Um, it was not super, super competitive in Wales. That's kind of like an advantage of having that um, eligibility and stuff as well. Um, but basically the, the race that got me the place and got me the opportunity was the, was the Junior World Champs last year in, in November in Katera. Um, so that I was, I qualified for that, uh, just, just so just under a year ago, um, at the, basically the British champs, which were at Mallory Park, uh, I was fifth overall and third junior. So then basically the top three juniors from that race all got to go and race in the world champs. So I kind of went into that last race. It was my last race as a junior, like kind of just, oh, I just want to go in and enjoy it, like do the best I can. Just kind of try not to put too much pressure on myself, even though it was a world champs. I don't think it was even like the best race I've ever had. The swim was a bit rubbish. I rode well and managed to ride up to the front pack, had a rubbish T2, and then just like felt good on the run, ran like 10 seconds quicker off the bike than I ever have, and then ended up finishing third. So that was like a huge breakthrough, like a huge surprise. And it definitely like showed that what I've been doing in Cardiff's been working, um, kind of I'm heading the right direction, like things going well. Uh, but that basically opened up all the opportunities for all the racing I've done this year. So it met like criteria to be able to go and do um, European Cups and go and then yeah go and do Commies, which has really like been the main aim of the year. Um, but I only found out about a month before that I was being selected. Um, I kind of I'd be selected with my, with my priority for me as like a such a young athlete was to go and like just gain experience and then be there as a as a part of the relay as like be like that was my like primary focus in the relay. So uh, yeah, are you the sort of athlete who? tends to race better than you train do you think are you are you somebody who's got a racing head because I, I remember that again when Jack and I were in running the talent program there were some athletes who would look really good in training but when it came to races they never quite fulfilled the potential there were others who you used to watch and think well why don't they show that when they're training they're like they just seem to race out of their skin um, and punch above their weight so which one are you are you fairly consistent across the board yeah I think I'm a little bit more on the on the racing better than training side not mm-hmm. not maybe not loads but uh certainly like i think there's times where i pulled race out of the bag and i'm like how did i do that i did not like did not think i should be able to do that based off of the things but um yeah i think just yeah just a lot of racing and over the years of 12 years of triathlon really um like over half my life even though i'm only 20 so uh yeah it's uh i seem to do okay at that somehow Jodie Swallow said the same thing. She said, I used to do a lot of races. I used to go to swim meets and because I was a, she was an IM swimmer. So she, she would do, you know, pretty much events across the board all weekend. And, you know, you'd have to recover and, you know, race tired. And then she would do cross country races as well. And so she said, I was always racing. So you sort of get, you just get used to racing hard when you're tired and being able to pull it out of the bag. And I guess that's a good thing, isn't it? Better to, better to over, over race than to overtrain and always sort of feel like there was unfulfilled potential. Yeah, I think so. I think I definitely add some of that as well. Like just doing cross countries and things like that. I think also like the training at home, I'm definitely a product of both the environment in Cardiff now and, and in Yorkshire. And I think, being in Yorkshire makes you tough. Like it makes you like all the hills and all the weather. Like I go and race, and if it's a rubbish conditions, I always know. Oh, I, everyone's not enjoying this, but I'm probably enjoying it more than they are because I've been this ride, and, I've, and I still like. I still love riding like riding that in horrible weather up in the Dales. Um, I think kind of like to some extent, like that kind of helps you suffer a bit in a way too. Um, mm-hmm. just, gives you, just gives you that edge in a race that other people might not have. Um, yeah, yeah I, I don't think you're the first uh, Yorkshire athlete, not just triathlete. I don't think the first Yorkshire athlete to say that. Um, yeah. You probably ask quite a few of those people who put put Yorkshire above Australia in the 2012 medal table would probably say the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so you get selected for the Commonwealth. Uh, you know you didn't do the relay. Then you get told that you are racing um, in the individual event as well. So that's fantastic. How How, how excited were you? And how yeah, actually, was, actually, how soon were you told before the public announcement was made? And were, did you have to keep quiet for a bit before you could before you could sort of shout about it? Yeah, I was told uh, two weeks, I think, before. Like I could tell, like close family and and close friends and stuff, because there was multiple multiple of us in the squad that were all getting selected. Like all the all the training squad knew, and my family knew, and then I had to keep it quiet. Apart from that, um, it was it wasn't too bad. Uh, it was it was nice when I didn't have to keep that secret anymore. 
when I could just tell people um, that I'm going. Yeah, I knew I knew I was going to do the individual and the relay straight away, but it was just like the relay was then the key the key focus for the race. Um, so I kind of yeah to be able to just race in that kind of level as an individual against at the moment the top guys in the world, Alex with Alexi and Hayden Wild there on the start line and stuff like that. Um, it's pretty crazy. Mm. I was a uh, yeah just kind of privileged to be there. Mm. Before then. Um, I, I was going to say, I bet, I bet in that two weeks of having to keep it quiet, it was probably harder for your mum and dad to not tell everybody, wasn't it? Yeah, probably. I don't know. I don't think they were too bad. I can uh, imagine you. I can imagine you. Like any mum, I, I imagine your mum wanted to go and shout it from the rooftops. Yeah. Um. So, did you go to the opening ceremony then? Uh, unfortunately, we couldn't because it was we were racing on the Friday morning. So, like the men's triathlon was actually the first event of the games. Right. So uh, we. Uh, Decided not to. Wouldn't be ideal race prep to be staying up late and standing around on your feet all day. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, if I get to go to another Commonwealth or major games, then I'll be able to go to opening ceremony then. But we'll see. So, who else was in the Welsh team? Not not just the triathlon, but who else was in the Welsh um, Commonwealth Games team? Because I know Geraint Thomas was racing for Wales, wasn't he? Yeah, he was doing cycling. All uh, the big names. Eleanor Barker is another big Welsh cycling name. They had a, they had a pretty strong cycling team. Uh, Luke Rowe would suffer in the same team as Garant in the road cycling. Uh, on the track, we had um, Jake Hayward in the 1500 meters. He did pretty well. Uh, they had a couple of um, couple of good like para para athletes as well. Um, they got two two medals in the para discus. I think uh, a girl won the para and ambulance 100 meters. Uh, Olivia Breen. They've got the quite a lot of medals in table tennis, in uh, squash, lawn bowls. They got a couple of medals. I think the oldest met the sort of guy who was seventy five got a got yeah, a medal. Yeah, yeah. So it was a, I think it was quite a successful games overall. Um, yeah, it was cool, really cool to be part of. We've had some stuff since, like with the we had a homecoming event in Cardiff. So um, there was like all the different, not everybody, but. A lot of the different athletes there. Um, there was a uh, like some little speeches and stuff, and we got like given these little commemorative coiny medley things, which are quite cool as well. So it's been a like overall, it's been a really cool experience, and uh, definitely something I'm uh, not going not, not to take for granted, and uh, will definitely remember. So was that um, going back to triathlon then, and the individual event? Was that the first time you've raced against Alex, or did you race against him as a junior at all? Um, he's a. I'd never really raced against junior because he was just slightly too old. So he was. He's about four years older than I am so he's just outside like the bracket where I'd race him um yes yeah, so it's the first time I raced him properly uh yeah so to explain to you know because when I'm commentating and I'm, I'm talking to recreational athletes and I'm saying look you know when you go to start this race and you're walking down to the start from transition and you've got nerves and butterflies and you sort of want to be somewhere else you know all that despite all the training you've done if somebody said, come and sit down and have a coffee and a bacon sandwich, you'd probably do it for that few seconds because you, you know, you almost don't want to be there. And I say that the, the elite athletes feel just the same as you, the majority of them. They'd rather be in, in that moment, they'd rather be anywhere else until, you know, the gun goes and they're in the water and then, and then actually just, um, you know, instinct takes over. So what, how did you feel going down and getting ready for the start of the Commonwealth? Because it's not like you just the normal race, is it? There's all that preamble, is announcing that the athletes going onto the yeah. uh, the pontoon and everything. It takes a bit of a while to get going. Yeah, it definitely. We had a swim warm, and then we got out, and it was quite a hot day. So I think I actually overheated a little bit before the race, which wasn't ideal. I was like, oh, I'm really hot. That was the main thing I was thinking. Um, I think I was actually surprisingly relaxed about the whole thing because I knew I'd done the training beforehand. So like I was, I'd, I was in the best shape I've been um like there was not really any pressure on me really uh obviously I want to do well but like in the end there wasn't that much pressure on on me to actually do well like there's no, no one was no one was relying on me to do well in that situation like there's no expectation so I just kind of more excited to get going but definitely there was there was nerves but um yeah I just kind of yeah wanted to wanted to get into get stuck in and see what happens um yeah did you sleep much the night before I think I slept okay. I can't really remember to be honest. That whole that whole weekend is a complete blur to be honest with you. I yeah. can remember the races. I can remember like how what happened in the races because especially after the individual, I like looked back and like reflected on it and went, right, what did what happened here? What happened here? How can I like make sure 
the mistakes I made in the individual don't make them again in the relay and things like that. But um, yeah, it was it was mental the whole the whole weekend. So uh, your position, your starting position on the pontoon, um, is that drawn by straws, or do you just get put there, or do you, or can um, you just can you just run on and uh, after after a certain number of athletes, do you just get to choose where you want to stand? Yeah, this time what they did is they did it based off world ranking. So I've done like three world triathlon races so far up, up to the up to the point of coming so far, uh, world junior champs, and then two European cups, one in Malia in April, and then one in Kitzbühel in in June. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had like a, I had a decent amount of points, but not loads. I think I was ranked about, uh, what was I ranked? 18th or something. Uh, so I was like, there's 18th person to walk out onto the, onto the pontoon and pick my start slot. So I ended up like in the middle, uh, but not too much in the middle. Um, but in the Commonwealth Games, it's quite interesting because there's kind of quite a big range of athletes. You've got mm. from the likes of Alex and Hayden all the way down to people who from countries that aren't really typical triathlon countries like there's athletes from like solomon islands and india and stuff so countries that wouldn't normally really be in like wcs type races so it's kind of a bit of a different race in terms of that kind of big massive range of abilities um yeah just basically like in the swim i was just about the split of like where the the top the top athletes are from them like the main triathlon countries and then after that after that the group the little group that i was in there was a big massive gap and it was already strung out after that um it's an interesting like environment to race in. Mm. Yeah, I um in the in the female race there was a lady called Danica Benelis Pateri who used to train in Leeds. I think Jack used to coach her. She was racing for Malta. And oh, yeah. as Georgia and Flora were on their first lap coming up probably about two thirds of the way into the lap, there was a bit of a long hill, wasn't there, before they dropped back down to transition and they passed Danica yeah. there. Um yeah. Oh, maybe no. Obviously, it wouldn't have been their first lap. It would have been their second lap and her first lap. So, yeah, they were passing Danica there. Um, so that that you know, and so she, Danica, fantastic for her to represent Malta, but she's she's generally a, a good age group athlete. She's not she's not racing on the elite circuit. Um, so it's in some ways it's fantastic for those people to be there. Um, but like you say, there's a big there's a big range, isn't there? And you can see yeah. that in some of the endurance track events as well people getting lapped after four or five laps on the 10k race yeah definitely it's really good to like make that kind of sport like available to all the different countries and give me the opportunity to race on that level and race like if for them it's exactly the same as it's for me like to be able to stop being stand on the start line with the best mm-hmm. guys in the world in exactly the same position so yeah it's a, it's definitely really good so you said um great great skills in reflecting on your race something that i know that the um, talent squads encourage you to do it's not just about training is it it's about being able to reflect and being mature and understanding where you can go uh, and do better next time so what were the key things that you identified from um, the individual race that you thought you would uh, try and work on for the relays yeah so in the in the swim I think I swam pretty well I think I was like 23 seconds down or something on the on the top which for me is pretty good against them that kind of field um, I think I swam probably a bit harder than I normally would. I think sometimes in triathlons, I end up being like getting a bit stuck in the swim and end up being like a bit, just a bit blocked and a bit in like in the washing machine. And you end up swimming a lot easier than you actually could because you're just being battered all the time. Um, but because it was a bit more strung out, like I think I swam a bit harder. And then I kind of made a couple of mistakes through transition or just like towards the end of the swim, just missed like the main front bike pack and ended up in like a chase group of about five um we were working all right together but like in in that kind of race we lost about i think we lost about a minute and a half over the bike to, to the leaders it's just like you just don't have the firepower compared to them um so, so when you say you just missed the bike pack um age group triathletes generally don't get to race in drafting events so they yeah. perhaps that whilst they've watched it on the telly they perhaps can't comprehend um what the difference of being five seconds slower out of transition is where did you where was your mistake that meant you didn't quite get on that bike pack there was a couple of different ones uh towards the end of the swim i lost the feet a little bit of the guys in front so i was like a two seconds behind out the swim where i should have been yeah two seconds two seconds is when when for instance when we're starting swim sessions you watch the clock go five seconds and you're still in the draft aren't you and you can still see yeah. somebody if they're kicking you can still feel like you're in the bubbles but at the level you're at two seconds whilst it's only maybe five or six meters is huge yeah definitely and then i like 
messed up my wetsuit off slightly. And then at the start of the bike, there was um, Tyler missed the truck, kind of mechanical, uh, and he got a bit in the way around one of the corners. So I didn't quite get, like, get away fast enough. Um, lost a bit of time down the first little descent. And then as soon as before I knew it, then like, the group had gone. And drafting, like, gives you such a massive advantage. Um, I just wasn't strong enough to, to close down that kind of caliber of athletes by myself. Um, yeah. yeah. And again, if you're watching on the telly, you think, come on, just ride a bit harder and get back on the group. But if you've ever been out riding with a group and you can watch, it's like, uh, I mean, it is just like watching the elastic stretch, isn't it? Until it breaks and you just, you can try out your spleen, but nothing happens and you, you're going backwards. Yeah. But I think, yeah, it was, um, once I was actually on the bike, then like the bike course, like riding like four laps, we only did one lap in the relay had to do like four laps at full race speed like in a group that was definitely really good in terms of like familiarization almost for the relay like i got used to the course where do i need to be at the front of a group where do i need where can you chill a bit more like where do you need to make sure you really push because you can make up more time where do you need to like start taking your feet out as you come into transition everything like that um yeah so that was definitely really useful and i definitely used some of that when i got to the relay okay let's talk about the relay then so who was in your team so the first leg, the starting leg was uh, Yesin Harrett. So he's one of my training partners. Um, uh, yeah. And then we had uh, Olivia Matthias. He's a, Alexi's a girlfriend, although she is, everyone says she's Alexi's girlfriend, but really she's a very good athlete in her own, in her own, uh, mm. by herself as well. Um, so she probably deserves to be called more than Alexi's girlfriend. Uh, and then there was me on the third leg and then, and then non Sanford on the last leg. So what's it like? I mean, non, Non's a bit of a legend in the tri-sport. She's been a world champion. Um, what's it like to be in the same team as Non? Was she, was she like, uh, was she giving you all tips, um, encouraging you along, or was she just a quiet part of the team? Uh, a little bit of both. Like, it was really good to have that experience there, and it was, I was a little bit in, like, a little bit in awe. I think um, when I was, when I was about 10, when I was about starting triathlon, me and my family went on a holiday to Madrid while the WTS race was there. And she won it for the first time, and we were watching it like when she when she won her first World Series race, and uh, got a picture with her afterwards and stuff. So like to go from that to then handing over to her in a relay, like her mind blown really. Um, but it's really cool, and yeah, but it, this whole team like it just everyone got on really well. It was there was no like tension at all. We just like everyone knew what they needed to do, and we just wanted to all go out and like prove ourselves and do our best for ourselves and also for the whole team, and especially for non knowing that it was like her last time that she was going to be representing Wales. Um, so, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, uh, I don't know, really. It was just, it was amazing. Yeah. Have you shown her that photograph, by the way? Yeah, I have. We uh, we did a recreation um, after the race as well. Because we, we, me and my brother and my sister back from like 10 years ago, and we got one like uh, nine years, I think it is, nine years later at the Commonwealth Games and gone from uh, being little, way shorter than her to quite a bit taller and on the same come off game team. Wow, that's really cool. So what 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 were your real what was your real expectation of of where you might finish? You know, did you think you had a chance of getting on the podium? We thought that if like one of the other teams messed up that we might be able to like sneak a bronze. Like we knew what we need to do and we knew that we were like if everyone performs their best then we'd be up there and we'd be in the mix. But I think getting a silver definitely like yeah, it, it exceeded all our all our expectations. Really, um, yeah, it was a special day. Um, now again, I've already I've already shown my uh, lack of preparation for this or on that particular moment. Tell us where you were in the standings when you set off. My recollection so, is that um, Team England were quite a way ahead, and there was you. There was I remember Beth watching Beth on the run. Um, so. And you were still a three, and maybe was it Australia that with you or New Zealand? No, no, Canada was it? Uh, no, it was it was New Zealand. So there okay, was England, yeah. England were England were ahead, and then there was uh, me and Scotland and New Zealand. So uh, Taylor Reid and Cameron Main, and then there was Matt Hauser was about another 10, 15 seconds back off us of us three. So I dived in with um, with with Scotland and New Zealand. Like my plan, I knew my swim was the weakest. I just had to like try and get on feet and stick there as long as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I, I think I lost six seconds to those guys on the swim. Meanwhile, Matt Hauser is like one of the best really athletes and best swimmers in the whole sport. I think he ended up six seconds behind me out of the water. Um, and then through transition, then the two of them 
New Zealand and Scotland got away a little bit and then Matt Hauser caught me up. Um, I kind of jumped on his wheel as we leave in transition. Uh, we worked together well on the bike. We managed to catch the other two in front at the end, like just towards the end of the bike lap, uh, just as we come to T2. So we came into transition as a four, really. Uh, so it's like second to fifth in the race. Um, and then it was just a run race. Um, I had a good transition. I, really, I remember like running out of T2 and Luke was at the side, shouted, just, just back yourself. You know, he had I ran well in the individual, like I hadn't had the greatest race because I just missed that group on the bike. But like I ran fast, I think I had the seventh fastest run in the individual race, I think. Mm-hmm. And that felt like relatively comfortable. It wasn't, it wasn't obviously, it wasn't obviously wasn't easy, but like I felt like I had more in the tank. So I just knew I had to just go out there and just empty it um, for the relay, really. Um, yeah, just ran as fast as I could for that lap. Like the crowds in in the park were amazing. It was a, it was a really cool atmosphere and just pushed all the way to the line. Our sprinted the other guys. We dropped Scotland on the run as well. So ended up coming in with Wales, uh, Australia and New Zealand together in second, third and fourth. And to hand over to Non then, that's that's an ideal athlete to have on the last leg. Um, yeah, yeah. Not many people you'd prefer to be handing over to. So it was a, yeah. But everyone in the team did their job perfectly, really. And like I said before, we thought we might just about maybe to sneak a third if if someone else messed up. But in the end, we just beat Australia and New Zealand outright. Like they didn't mess up; we just better on the day. Mm, fantastic. What's it like then? Um, how, how, at what point did you start getting excited, knowing that you um, knowing you got a medal? And at what point did you know it was silver? And you started thinking, actually, there's no way we're going to lose this now. Uh, it was actually only right at the end. Um, like I I finished my race and I was completely knackered. Uh, I had a bit of a chunder after the finish. I don't see myself so much too deep in lactate. Managed to recover, and then by the time I'd recovered, then Nonna's just like in the middle of the bike. They came off the bike, still in the group of three, and then it was about probably about a quarter of the way into the run. Then they dropped New Zealand, so we we're like, oh, we should have a medal here. Should be okay. And then the screen like cut away as England were coming in to show like Georgia coming in to win for England. So we didn't know what was happening. Um, because they were just showing like ladies finishing as they would to show oh his he won. So you can we can actually see the battle between second and third between us and Australia. And then we just saw on the screen, like as you come into the blue carpet, Nom was ahead. She got a lot got a little gap. Um wow. and then came around the corner into the finish straight. And yeah, it was a it was amazing. It was really cool. So then you've got medal, you're on the podium. Did you manage to keep it all together or did you have a little bit of a tear? Uh on the podium, I was fine beforehand. I did have a little tear. It was a uh, yeah, a bit overwhelming. Um, but on the podium, I was okay. I think from memory. Oh, fantastic! That's that's absolutely brilliant, Dominic. Um, yeah, just amazing for you. Um, and I'm sure your mum and dad were they there as well to get to see the whole race? Yeah, they got to watch it. Yeah, it was really good. Um, it was nice for them to be there. My brother was actually volunteering. He was actually right. one of the like, um, yeah. Well, one of the games volunteer type people. So he was like, had a prime position um, right. stood, like doing his, uh, I think he was on like access control, like stopping people had to go in the course and stuff. So he's stood like right by transition, watching it there. Nice. Um, yeah, it was our coach's birthday as well. It was Luke's birthday. So, uh, um, he said he made us a deal beforehand. We had these like opening ceremony suits that made you look like airline pilots. Oh yeah. Um, um and he said, if we get a medal, then he'll put the seat on and we can throw him in the lake. So we did that. Um, so that oh. was a, a nice little bonus as well. I thought you were going to say he was going to take you all out, pay for dinner and uh, and pay for the beers as well. <laughs> no, not quite that, but it was, it was, it was so funny. It was so uh, enjoyable. It's good. Well, that's brilliant. So uh, how long does it take you to come down off that cloud then? Uh, not too long, to be fair, because we kind of like, we weren't actually staying in the village. We had our own like Team Wales triathlon house thing um that was a bit closer to the to the triathlon venue than the villagers were so we kind of had to leave basically like the day after the relay i went back to cardiff for a couple of days had a couple of bit of celebrations with mates back there and then i came home um when i went on a little holiday and then kind of just back into training again ready for my next races which is the next one's this weekend so it's only been like two weeks since the race and back to it already so a little while. Um, I think it's maybe not still quite sunk in. I still like thinking about it. I still can't really believe that I was there. Never mind standing on the podium in a yeah with a silver medal. But um, yeah. Are you recognisable enough yet for people to stop you in the street and ask for your autograph? 
not really no I think there's a couple of people who know me around around uh around town at home or in Cardiff but like there's not 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 really and what's next then obviously you'll have the Ilkley triathlon penciled in to make an appearance I definitely need to at some point I don't think this year I'm having to miss it but I definitely want to come back at some point to have another go it's a great local race and uh I love the course there nice tough course and uh yeah why not it's five minutes from house well, yeah, I think we probably need to get you back to present the prizes, Dominic. Now you're a, yeah. now you're a triathlon celebrity. Yeah, I'll definitely try and be there one time. That'd be good. Um, I definitely want to do it again one day, but we'll see. I've got um, a British Super Series race this weekend in Sunderland, which is the world's only tw- under-23 champs qualifier. And then I'm going to do a European Cup in Portugal in September, another Super Series race. And that's kind of like, I'll see where I am after that. But there might be an opportunity to go to Korea to do um, Tongyong and Hyundai World Cups. So that'll be a, a kind of a, bit, a little more of a step up in terms of like international racing again, just kind of a new experience. And my first Olympic distance as well, I think. What, I get to do that. what do you need to do from now then to be getting regular starts in WTS events? Um, there's like different levels, basically. So it's like, I'm out like kind of like European Cup type level. It's kind of like working up to World Cups. And then if I start doing well at them, then it's kind of like WTCS, uh, World Series type stuff. So it's just kind of like, I kind of had a steady progression throughout my whole career, really. Just like just about made the cut at each level. Like it's just keep like, keep progressing, keep building, hopefully, and we'll see what happens. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm in the second year of uni now. So I kind of got two years to kind of be a free range almost. I'm still a student, so I can kind of just go with the flow and see what happens. And then, Hopefully, like the idea is I might hopefully be on funding or like in a bit more stable position in terms of at the level I want to be by the end of that. So I can then be a full time athlete after I've done. But we'll yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, for me, the primary thing's always been and always will be just enjoying it. And if I'm not enjoying it, then what's the point? Um, and at the moment, I'm still loving doing it. So I'll carry on for as long as I can and keep going and keep pushing to the highest level I can too. You, you've still got. A, they still have the under twenty three championships as well, don't they? So I guess you've you've still got yeah. a couple of couple of three years to have a go at that and see how high yeah. you can get up in those. Yeah, definitely. That's be a that'll be a big aim for the next couple of years. I'm only first year of it this year this time. So first year under twenty three, it's kind of like if I didn't get because the, the depth in the UK is so strong, there's so many good athletes. Like if I didn't get in, it wouldn't be a massive, um, wouldn't be a massive disappointment. Obviously, I'd like to go. But um, hopefully, I'll have other opportunities in the future. Um, and at least my season isn't extended until the end of November if I mm. didn't get it as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. But lots of exciting things coming, hopefully. What about sponsors? Because, of course, um, everybody that's a recreational triathlete thinks that you guys have lots and lots of sponsors. You always turn up with a nice bike and a wetsuit. Tell us the reality. The reality is that I'm still mostly getting funded by the bank of my parents <laughs> um no it's uh it's not easy to pay for all the races like i get a bit of support from like organizations like um gll like sports aid um and from local like funding things and a bit of support from uni and split support from like welsh triathlon for certain bits and bobs as well but like in general none of that's a lot and it doesn't really add up to that much it's just like all funds the odd race here and there so it's uh, it's quite tough, but um, yeah, well, I appreciate any support I could get. Um, we'll see what happens and just kind of like keep going and take any opportunities that arise, really. Well, there you are, listeners. It's a perfect opportunity. We've got a young man here. You've heard how articulate uh, he is today. He's already won a medal at a big international games and he has no sponsors. So if you would like to support Dominic Coy, um, we'll we'll probably put some social media links for him in the show notes so you can get in touch with me and uh, I will put you in touch but um, it's a situation that a lot of the young athletes faced is you know at some point the uh, the support of being at university or bank of mum and dad is pulled away and they have to make it on their own so uh, um, that that can often mean the difference between a, a talented athlete getting on to the first rung of the ladder and not making it can't it it's not not down to pure athletic talent yeah I think it is it is tough um Triathlon obviously isn't the most highly paid sport or anything, but I think we do it because we love it. Um, we do it because we love the training, we love the racing, we love the environment, like the friendly environment of the sport. I've got so many friends I've made through triathlon and stuff like that. And you just 
do it because you enjoy it but obviously it is hard to do without without funding and support of that kind as well so it is definitely uh yeah definitely something i need to be looking at for the next couple of years to make sure i can carry on doing triathlon well we should give a big shout out to your mum and dad again because uh, they gave you the start that you needed to get to this point dominic so steve and gainer hope you're listening and uh, congratulations on everything that's happened and hopefully nathan will be following in your footsteps dominic yeah on my uh, sister as well she's doing good too um also at super series level a bit younger but we'll all see what happens it'll be interesting Wow, you've got one. You've got an opportunity there to go one better than the Brownleys, haven't you? For yeah, three of you racing in the in the same sort of weekend of events, that would be brilliant. We could, we could, all, we could almost have a full mixed relay team, just just one girl down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your sister will have to do two legs. Yeah. Uh, right. Well, Dominic, thank you very much for being on the show. It's been great to catch up with you, and congratulations on what you've achieved so far. And good luck for the next couple of years. And let's hope you can just make that make that tough little step up to the next level. Thank you very much, Simon. Cheers. Thank you again to Dominic for being a fabulous guest on this week's High Performance Human podcast. As usual, there are links to all of today's discussion topics in the show notes below. To make sure that you don't miss any episode in the future, please go to iTunes, search for High Performance Human Triathlon Podcast and click on the subscribe button. Also, don't forget to look for that link in the show notes so that you can download your free mobility program. That's all for now. Have a great week and I will see you on the next episode.